We visit the strangest town in America. And no, it's not Washington, D.C., you sillies. On this episode of Watch Welcome to WatchBots. This is Ben, and in case you were wondering, I just noticed that my Mountain Dew Major Melon Zero Sugar contains 0% juice. It's good to know. I am joined by Shailen. Hello. And I'm joined by Dave. Hello. Hello. Welcome to WatchBots. Glad to be here. Thank you. (laughs) It's great to be back co-hosting WatchBots Live. (laughs) <laughs> live on the internet live to tape we've got a great show for you tonight ringo star is here <laughs> no ringo star is not here so is a canadian lumberjack is here huh. no, I there was, that's true you know <laughs> there's a couple of big stories i want to talk through this week we'll do the uh the david letterman bit here off the top so i don't know that we talked about this in great detail on the show but Chris Pratt is playing Super Mario in the Super Mario movie, and I think that that is an abomination, but that's in the past. What's in the present... That was two weeks ago. That's right. In the present, or in the two weeks before the show actually gets posted, Chris Pratt is also going to be playing Garfield in the new Garfield movie. Boo! It's all wrong. He doesn't have the timber or... The gravitas or the aplomb. He, he also lacks the better. seriousness. Let's not all talk over each other. I will. <laughs> uh, Chris Pratt is very serious. When he was beating up Thanos in, in Avengers Infinity Game, he was, or Infinity War, whatever mm-hmm. it was, he, he was pretty damn, damn serious about That's doing true. that. So I he think, killed Gamora. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, sorry. Shit. I think he will be better than the weird French Garfield voice that we <laughs> sure. heard or watched yeah I, I i don't know why is everybody just going to chris pratt i i like chris pratt i think he's i think he's enjoyable i think he's hilarious as star lord i loved him in parks and rec but he doesn't have to what's worse him voicing mario or him voicing garfield it's not voicing it's live action it's live Isn't action it? yeah they're putting him into a cat suit oh it's like uh it's I like cats mario no you think he's going to play Mario? No, that's all wrong. No. So it is cartoon? Yes. Oh, it okay. is It is cartoon. It could be like a Sonic thing where he's a cartoon and the rest of the world is like... <laughs> Can I have cartoon? No, I think it's all cartoon. Let's not, <laughs> let's not spread weird rumors about that movie being live action. Now, here's the issue. Here's the seedy underbelly. Yeah. Chris Pratt, a horrible person. So this is his path. <laughs> this is his path to Donald Trump. Because people are going to be like, oh, he's so funny, played Mario, and he's talking about lasagna, and oh, God, he just, I don't know. He 
kind of endorsed he, white supremacy yeah, a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Now he's the president. And that's what I don't care for. You know, so I think there's the micro issue of Garfield is Lorenzo Music or Garfield is Bill Murray. Right. But then there's the macro of our country is at stake based on the success of the new Garfield movie. And it's an uncomfortable spot to be in. It's true. I don't like it. It's in all our hands to boycott that movie. Is it still a popular IP? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Garfield. I, I can barely leave the house without hearing about Garfield. I'll go to Target. People are like, did you read the Garfield strip this morning? And I'm like, no, I, I didn't because they know that I'm, in, I'm into Garfield. Yeah, yeah, and, and Chandler needs to stop talking about Garfield. I think is the the takeaway yeah, there. I think so. I yeah. can't help it. I every so. every week it happens Mondays. <laughs> you know what's a him. huge IP? What's that? Still huge. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Absolutely. That's true. That's Alvin true. and the Chipmunks. The founder, the 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 owners of that IP, yep. uh, Ron Bagdasarian, I think is his name. Ah, <laughs> uh, sure, uh, Bag- Bagdasarian, uh, Jimmy Chipmunk, Jimmy, <laughs> Dave Seville is selling. The rights to the Chipmunks property for three hundred million dollars. Is that true? You, you joshing me, or is this a real uh, story? Not, Incidentally, uh, I, I might have told Dave that we could spot him a couple three hundred mil. <laughs> who's buying? Who's buying <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks? Someone with three hundred million dollars. I mean, you a couple weeks ago, you a couple episodes ago, you said that movie franchise netted one point three billion dollars. It sounds like three hundred million. Not a bad investment. Oh, he so he hasn't sold it. He's looking to sell it for three hundred right. million. Okay. Yeah, isn't that what I said? That's what Dave said. I thought he said he'd actually sold it. No, no, no. Interest. No. Okay, one of the potential buyers, Viacom CBS, who owns Garfield. So maybe you can get that crossover event we've oh, been begging man. for. Oh man, a Garfield that crossover a Garfield event Chipmunk. that no one wants. Shalen, let's not just talk over each other the entire episode. <laughs> Do what I want. That was my fault. Nope, you you get you may think it's fun and games to be cutting out all this this talking over, but it's not. Now, speaking of it's all right for me. <laughs> speaking of pop culture IPs in weird spots, this is just a random note, but I think it's really weird. So on TBS er, around Thanksgiving, there's going to be a four night event. It's like a Harry Potter trivia game hosted by Helen Mirren, and. It's dreadful. I don't know what this world is anymore. That's the point. Money grab. Was she in any of the Harry Potter movies? Probably. Helen Mirren? Yeah, she played um, Cruella de Vil. I don't know. Is she like one of the only British actors or actresses not to have appeared in a Harry Potter movie? Yeah, it might be in her contract as a a UK citizen that they have to give her something Harry Potter. (laughs) Mm. Since she wasn't in any of the films, she gets a TV show. The The filmmaker's like, shit. We we forgot Helen Mirren. Like it, it's 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 our civic duty to include her in the film. I'm Professor uh, Swizzle Stick. <laughs> anyway, it's just weird. Like Helen Mirren, like one of our greatest actresses, hosting a trivia show on TBS. It's uh, it's weird times, folks. That's the it's point. TBS. It's on TBS. Yeah, it's not even on like a real. Well, I guess TBS is a real channel, but I don't but like, know. it's I don't, not a it's, network. It's the Superstation, but still, it's just weird. It's just weird. Now, before we get into this week's episode, you know, last week, or God, whenever the last episode was, we talked a lot about Halloween and spooky times, but we also talked about the wonderful act of sexuality in movies. And we played a game 
that Shailen really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to commemorate her enjoyment of the game. And so... <laughs> Damn it, Ben. And so, here's the thing that I made. Shale skin. Shale skin. Shale skin. No, you shouldn't say that. Hashtag shale skin. Shale skin. <laughs> so. <laughs> anyway. You know, it's a good one when Ben's already laughing. I enjoy putting that one together. So we've left the spookiest month and now. We're into November, the month, the leaves are turning, we're hitting Thanksgiving, we're hitting the holidays, and to celebrate that, we're staying with spooky television shows, and we're talking about Erie, Indiana. That's right. We're in Boovember. Now, Shailen, <laughs> is this just a classic example of you needing to get your shit in before we leave the spooky month? No, but maybe a little. Talking about... Tales from the Crypt brought up my love of this particular show, sure. and I was excited about it. But I picked this episode because at Thanksgiving, there's lots of leftovers, and there's a solution to leftovers in this particular episode. It connects. I wouldn't call it a solution, but... There's a way to cope with leftovers. That is your tightest explanation for a cartoon se- or a show selection that you've <laughs> ever made on this, on this podcast. Listen, over time, I've honed my skills. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) So Erie, Indiana. Erie, Indiana is the brainchild of two guys. Carl Schaefer, who is a writer and a producer. He co-created the show Z Nation on sci-fi. I never heard of Z Nation. It ran for five seasons. I don't know, guys. (laughs) But the other guy behind it is Jose Rivera, who did write on some TV series. He wrote on Goosebumps, but... Since then, you know, his career's kind of faded. He was only nominated for an Oscar for The Motorcycle Diaries. He's only an acclaimed playwright, so, you know. That's all. Little things like that. Oh, how our stars fade. (laughs) And one of the directors behind it, he's listed as a creative consultant, is the film director Joe Dante. So you would know him from Rock and Roll High School, Gremlins, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, Inner Space, The Burbs. Small Soldiers, which is a movie I really love. I love the burbs. Mm-hmm. Love them. You're living in them, baby. <laughs> so. Queenie. <laughs> it's the second greatest bee gag in all of film and television. The first the one first. being not the bees. Not the bees. No, the first one is all of bee movie. That's the third one. No. Because it's no, animated. No, the first one is the, the close to final scene of My Girl. Yeah, that's true. Damn it, Dave. That's true. I don't want to go down that path. He needs oh. his glasses. Mm-hmm. We're buzzing right along, Shale, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope this isn't heading us into a honeypot. Anyway. Anyway. So, so Erie, Indiana, it's kind of like the Twilight Zone meets Goosebumps, but if the Twilight Zone was for kids and weird shit just kept happening to the same people over and over again. So there's a through line that connects all these episodes, but you can watch them out of order and you're really going to kind of kind of get the point. We focus here on the Teller family. So our main kid is Marshall Teller, who's as 
90s ass as 90s ass can be. So he's played by Omri Katz, who is probably better known for playing J.R. Ewing's son in the original Dallas. So he was a, a veteran of the small screen by this point. And that's, also... That's, that's what he's best known for? Yeah. No, Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus, my friend. He's oh, he's in Hocus Pocus? Hocus Pocus. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Uh, he's like the main character in Hocus Pocus. Here's the thing. You know, I know, cool like I know we're out of Schlocktober or whatever. Hocus Pocus sucks. It sucks. <laughs> Look, we, my wife and I rewatched it last year, two years ago. I agree. Kind of boring. As a Bad. kid, though, I was delighted by it. <laughs> and Omri Katz, that guy had the best hair. That's true. I can't. I don't I can't know why. Where did he go? Like there was like the JTTs mm-hmm. of the world. There was the um, all the Lawrence brothers, you know. But like, where was Omri Katz? I feel like he should have been up there too, greasing the covers of Tiger Beat. But just that hair alone. He was overruled by Devin Sawa, who looked almost exactly the same, but with blonde hair. Sure. Uh, but he yeah. did appear in the in the Tiger Beat magazine occasionally. Can't confirm. You know, speaking of Devin Sawa, <laughs> uh, did you guys so, hear about this one? So we also uh, we also had Edgar Teller, who was played by a character actor whose name I didn't write down. He kind of looks like Clarissa's dad from Clarissa Explains It All That's slash it. the dad from Richie Rich, but he's not him. He's like the the B grade version of that. You had Marilyn Teller, who's the mom. She's played by uh, Mary Margaret Humes, who's been in seventy million things. And you had the sister Cindy Teller who's played by Julie Condra. Now, Julie Condra, not really a big career on her own, but you might know her better as the wife of the chairman of Iron Chef America, Mark Dacascos. Weird. So she's the wind beneath the wings of Iron Chef America. Think about that. <laughs> so I was reading about her, and I didn't put two and two together that that is who her husband was. I just was marveling that, like, oh, this Hollywood person has been married since like the late 90s to the same person and they have mm-hmm. three kids and they seem like very well adjusted but now that i realize it's the chairman i'm uh i'm delighted well that's why i do the research bit right because i don't miss shit except maybe the main kid's biggest role but that's that's irrelevant as <laughs> to who the sister character is married to okay in real life yeah Whew, thank god we know that now um omri katz retired from acting in 2002 Mm-hmm. To be a hairdresser. A hairdresser. And now he owns a store. It's a cannabis shop. It's called The Merry Danksters. <laughs> I found that out last night and I laughed for a solid 20 minutes. The <laughs> Merry Danksters. Now, is that a Hocus yeah. Pocus reference? or I don't know. It's not It's not Merry. It's Mary, M-A-R-Y. Okay. Uh, so I don't know what that is, but, you know, well, for, for Mary Jane. Of oh, course. that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. I finally got it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, would la- I laughed at it. And then I like stopped and then the word just flashed in my head again and I would just laugh again. It, it went on for like 20 minutes, just this on and off, like, <laughs> Mary Danksters, I get it. But good for good for Omri. Good for Omri. I like weed culture. And by like, I mean, I, I fucking detest weed culture because you either have names like the Mary Danksters or, you know, now that weed is becoming legal in more and more places and that's great or whatever. They try to be, you know, upscale. Like there's a place around here called Zenleaf. <laughs> That's just <laughs> fuck. It's just there's no happy middle to it. Yeah, but you know, it has to be really. Oh, we're we're super classy, or like fuck it, we're like the wavy gravies. I don't know. It's weird. We're what happened to the cannabis marts? <laughs> That's what I need. 
right down the middle. So the sort of central plot of the Erie, Indiana here is it focuses on that town. The tellers move from New Jersey and shit's just weird. So Marshall ends up acting as like this detective librarian character who catalogs weird things going on in Erie, Indiana with his friend Simon. Kind of has a Goosebumps feel to it. Yeah. But it actually predates mm-hmm. Goosebumps. So Rock and Ronnie Stein didn't put out the first Goosebumps book until the year after or later in the year that this came out. So these things are kind of happening concurrently. But the show's got a Goosebumps feel to it. It's got a Pete and Pete feel to it as well. Yeah, it does. It's kind of weird shit happening at all times. And it's sort of, I'm going to say this, it's going to sound dumb. It's kind of mature for a kid's show. <laughs> um the writing has a lot of like references to old horror movies, and there's weird references, and they say the old H-E double hockey sticks word. Yes, they do. Stuff like that. There's also like um, just the themes too, like the you know the, the rallying against suburbia mm-hmm. and, and all of that stuff. Like you know, as a kid, you're like, I don't know, maybe you're aware of that, but like I don't know when I was eight or nine, whenever this came out, I wasn't questioning the <laughs> where my parents lived. Right. You know, I right. wasn't like questioning right. the neighborhood around me. Yeah. I I didn't know what voyeurism was. And then I watched the episode and then I knew what voyeurism was. And you're not going to get that out of yeah. a lot of kids shows. As we've well established <laughs> as a very old person stuck in a younger person's body. Uh-huh. As a kid, I really liked the show because I got the references mm. as a nerd. I've eaten Scrapple. No, but like I knew that's that's regional. That's not age. It It was yeah. more like. Oh, it's like Muncie, Indiana, because that's where they did all the like weird nuclear testing stuff because they needed the most average possible families. And that's like that is Erie, Indiana. What's why their dad relocated them there, because he was a product tester and he needed the most average possible people. But there's no such thing as that. Yeah, He's a product tester for Things Incorporated. Things Incorporated. <laughs> it's funny. It's it funny. funny. I like this a lot. My dad and I used to watch the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. marathons when they would air on USA or, or whatever it was. So I, I got a lot of the references. I, even at a young age, I was digging a, a Twilight Zone. So like this was this was fun. Like ooh, like a sort of a modern take aimed mm-hmm. at kids. Yeah. Like that's what really attracted me to the show. Yeah, and Armory Katz is absolutely. Hair. <laughs> yeah. I was all about Cindy, but she only had eyes for Mark DeCascos. It's true. So it goes. But the show is so profoundly weird, and it you can sort of feel it in this first episode and i think it might have been too weird for the audience at the time because it really only lasted one year it was airing on nbc 18 episodes aired then they canceled the show later on it was syndicated on the disney channel where they finally aired the 19th episode i don't know a a weird run uh it it feels like it missed the mark yeah like it was just too early because then goosebumps came out and are you afraid of the dark came out and there were a bunch of movies like Tim Burton had all his movies. I guess those were beforehand, but like, um, you know, Edward Scissorhands and Beetlejuice and again, like same kind of themes mm-hmm. there. Those were all out, but like not aimed at kids, right. obviously. Right. So, yeah, you sort of missed the mark. To almost. that point, I mean, a few years later, it was syndicated and shown again in the Fox Kids block in the afternoon, and it became something of a cult classic there. So Fox. Mm-hmm commissioned a spinoff series called Erie, Indiana, The Other Dimension. Very similar show, except with none of the original creators. And instead of Marshall Teller and Simon Holmes, you had Mitchell Taylor and Stanley Hope. And they were helped out by their friendly local bartender, Mr. Crawford. And 
you know, I had never heard of that show. And the reason is it also lasted less than a year. So <laughs> I remember watching or trying to watch a couple of episodes of that and thinking like it would have been so much better if they had just made new episodes of Erie, Indiana. Sure. Like, why are we recreating the wheel? We have a wheel that's perfectly good. Just make I, the wheel work. I mean, insert, replace Indian, Erie, Indiana with, I don't know, Saved by the Bell or Full House or whatever the fuck. Like any cult classic where it just comes back now and you're like, eh, yeah. Eh, eh. Well, I think what I liked about Erie, Indiana is that it sort of had a really strong 18 episodes and then it never came back. I feel like if, if it had more like if it had another two or three seasons maybe it could have sure. sustained that but maybe maybe not it would have like sort of lost its luster and then you know lost its appeal for us in a nostalgic sort That's of way yeah i mean i think that there's probably more of a market for this kind of show now but i think what is appealing about the show is there's a certain earnestness to it mm-hmm. and now you got like mm-hmm. rick and morty out there being like i'm tiny rick bitch and like, you know, they're like, they're like, everybody's just winking at you and everything's so meta and random that I think to get a show like this on the air now, you'd have to be like, Monster Indiana. Oh, that's nuclear. I don't know. <laughs> they would probably be a little better than that. No, I think you're totally it's, right. Like our society yeah. as a whole has lost subtlety. And that's sort of the reason that this show works and we'll get into it a little bit, but the reason that like the funny references work in this show is because they don't acknowledge it. Like, Oh, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Stouffer. We all know that they're t- making a joke about like Stouffer frozen meals, but they don't acknowledge it in the show. It's just like an, uh, like a funny throwaway gag that no one acknowledges. So it's not irritating. It's very funny. Right. It's like trying to make a horror movie after Scream and Scream 2 came yeah. out. Like everything after that had mm-hmm. to be super meta, super sarcastic and cynical and like always winking. You know, some some are more successful than others and that, you know, Scream is a great movie. Scream 2 is pretty fun. Try to make a serious horror movie after that and people are like, no, you need your illusions and you need your, you need your winks and your laughs. Yeah. I feel like if it were made... If it had been made after 1996, we probably would have had a much probably. different show. Absolutely. You know, Shailen, I'm so glad you mentioned subtlety because you and I watched the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier <laughs> last night. And, uh, you know that the Falcon's having some tough times because he's literally trying to repair the sinking, sinking ship boat. of his family's business. The boat literally, is literally sinking. He's trying to keep that boat afloat. So uh, subtlety <laughs> is real fucking dead, folks. It's like, what is the... What's the Wes Anderson movie where the, with the brothers and as the train is going? Oh, the Darjeeling like Limited. The baggage is literally falling off of the train. Yeah. It's like, oh, they shed their baggage. Get it? Like, now they can be friends again. But then he's an Avenger and he has to ask for a bank loan. Anyway, it's ridiculous. And they say uh, no. And they say no. We're not, get, we're not talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, though. We're talking about Erie, Indiana. I just had to get my shit in. The, uh, the first episode is Foreverware. So I don't know. I guess call it the pilot. Call it the season premiere. Whatever the fuck. So it was written by the two creators, and it aired on September 15th, Tax Day, 1991. I sure do wish I knew it was going on then, Ben. Eerier, Shailen. I sure do wish I knew what was going on then. Uh, uh, uh. I turned into the Count. You turned into your dad for some reason? I guess. I wish I knew what was happening. 
<laughs> what buxom? Hug me with some context. <laughs> what buxom lasses? Oh. <laughs> Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. Okay. So top movies here. Number one in the box office. The Kenneth Branagh directed Dead Again. A movie that you go to the Wikipedia page and the plot summary is like 13 paragraphs long. It's ridiculous. Have we talked about this movie Maybe. before? It seemed very confusing. I, oh, I, I remember it vaguely. I don't remember the 13 pages of Check of it out. Points, though. <laughs> All right, I will. I will. Who's in it? Uh, Helen Mirren. <laughs> <laughs> the Marshall Teller's dad. <laughs> and Omri Katz. Number two, <laughs> Terminator 2. Number three, Child's Play. Three, the military score. Number four, <laughs> Doc Hollywood. And number five, Hot Shots. So a bit of an eclectic mix there in, in 91. Hmm. Maybe more notable here. September 15th, 1991 was a mere six days after the release of the Super Nintendo in the United States. That's huge. That's huge. <laughs> Favorite Super Nintendo game? Oh, boy. It's a real tough question. Mario 3. Mario 3 wasn't even on the Super Nintendo. Are you trolling? What system is that on? It's Nintendo. Nintendo. Regular Nintendo. God, I'm fucking ill right now. So which one was on Super Nintendo? Super Mario World? That's not what I'm thinking of. God damn it. God damn it. So do you have no favorite Super Nintendo game, Shayla? I didn't have a Super Nintendo, so I didn't really play any. Oh, you were a Sega family. We had an NES and we had a Sega Genesis. Gotcha, gotcha. And we had an Intellivision. Mm. <laughs> that, that I never, I never knew anybody at that time that had that. We played Burger Time a lot on Intellivision. Classic. Uh, what's my favorite Super Nintendo game? An impossible question to answer. I mean, there's a bunch. Uh, Link to the Past, uh, NBA Jam. Super Star Wars. Super Star Wars Street Fighter 2. I was a... Uh, a more recent player of Super Mario RPG. That's pretty good. Ooh, ooh, There's yeah, ton. yeah. There's tons of, tons of good shit. Wayne's World. <laughs> cool World. <laughs> Adam's Family Values. Any licensed game. Any yeah. licensed movie <laughs> game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How about you? Super Star Wars for me. I, would, okay. I was terrible at it, but I would play it all the time. Say, did you ever beat it? No. It's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's so hard to beat. I don't even think I got past like the third level. It's true. In today's world with emulators and save states, I might be able to beat it, but it would uh, it would take a while. Yeah, it's frustrating. But that's how it goes. Blister inducing, mm-hmm. but also fun inducing, mm-hmm. smile inducing. Mm-hmm. So many smiles. And similarly, smile inducing is Erie, Indiana. So, in a bit of a break here, we don't start with the song. We see Marshall climbing up into the attic, and you're like, "My God, that hair is beautiful." And he unlocks a cabinet that says keep out. So it's like a standard desk and it's got a cabinet on top of it. And the desk also has stuff in it, but the cabinet is the thing that's locked. I don't know. It's, it is what it is. But he opens up the the desk. He pulls out a, a lamp and a notebook and he starts dictating a note to himself. To whom it may concern. If you're reading this document, it means I'm either dead or have disappeared under mysterious circumstances. My name is Marshall Teller. <laughs> and, you know, it's like the weirdest wonder years you've ever seen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's part Daniel Stern, part Rod Serling. Yeah. 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 My name is Marshall Storyteller. 
<laughs> so he's, he talks to you. You know, this guy's always breaking the fourth wall. Maybe it was a little bit meta. But he starts talking about his story. And the tellers moved from New Jersey, which he loved. And he's out and he's on his paper route and he runs into Elvis. And he runs into neighbors that are doing synchronized lawn mowing. And he's like, I don't know, guys. This town's a little weird. It's pretty crazy. It's true. And you know that something maybe is not quite right. Uh, he also made a reference that I enjoyed here. What's wrong with this picture? The American dream come true, right? Wrong. That's right, baby. Wrong. The American dream doth the road. That, that's baby. right. Erie, Indiana. You talk about hard times, Ben. I'll tell you about hard times. Hard times, <laughs> is, hard times is riding lawnmowers, trying to think them up with your neighbors so you can turn at the right moment. Mm-hmm. That's right. Hard times is, is, is meeting Elvis outside when he's grabbing his new paper and he won't even sing a song for you. That's hard times, Ben. <laughs> Here's a question. And this is a big picture question. And I haven't watched a ton of Erie, Indiana. So maybe, maybe I'm, I'm off here. Is this all supposed to be real or is this supposed to be like he has an active imagination? Real. It's all real. Mm-hmm. It's all straight. Okay. You see that definitively, Shane. Yeah. Why? How do you know? Cite your source. Back up those facts. Because there's nothing to suggest at any point that there's like there's no wink. There's no point where someone's like, "Oh, but actually, what is it? Maybe it's like this." That never happens. What about when the dad says, "Marshall, ever since you got out of the loony bin, that never you've happened. been a little bit loony." There is no evidence to suggest he's unreliable in his narration. What about hmm. that very first shot where he just lays down on his pillow and his lovely hair just cascades out and he falls asleep and you know that this whole show is a dream and he wakes up and when he wakes up, he's Bob Newhart and he, and he wakes up and he's like, I wish I wasn't so crazy. I'm a Man, crazy that, boy. Was, that was eerie. Oh, <laughs> anyway. So, uh, so that's the opening. Here is the song. feel about the opening the opening credits i should say i think the visuals are weird and the song sets the perfect tone because it's like cheerful and weird the song for me so they have this twilight zone feel right it's like when it starts and then they overlay this harmonica i don't know that noise for me it's like a double helix right they're aligned they're parallel they're working together and then they cross over each other and it's like all right this sounds good and then they separate, and it doesn't sound good anymore. It sounds like you're listening to two songs <laughs> at the same time. And then it comes back, and it's okay again. Like the, It melds well, and sure. then it separates again. So it's this like double helix of a song. And I get what they're trying to do, right? It's this like kind of folksy, middle America you know, sound with this Twilight Zone creepy sound. But it, mm. it, it didn't work. It, it worked like 75%, and thus it didn't work at all for me. I think that the song has sort of a Donkey Kong country vibe. like the yeah. <laughs> I thought that the visuals were horrible. Cheesy. Just awful. It looked like the, the tornado in Wizard of Oz. Sort of, yeah. So, so like, 
the Erie, Indiana logo comes up and, and logo is really an overstatement because like it's just kind of like slanted letters. The, the words. And then it's got Marshall and it's got his little pal. What the fuck's the other Simon. kid's name? Simon. And they're running, but it's like that scene in Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Dead, where the kid's in the video game. And like he's just moving his feet. So like they're not running, but they're just progressing along the scene. It just, it was fucking awful. I beat my high score. <laughs> it always felt to me, and like even as a kid, I felt like this that they made the show and then they were like, oh, we wrote a song and forgot that we need pictures on this here mm-hmm. television. <laughs> <That's right>. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like Real really slapped on. This isn't a radio show. So we get. We we talked about the family already, but let's introduce them and let's meet them as they are introduced in the show. That's my family. They're all too busy to see what's going on. Mom just started her own party planning service down at the Erie Mall. My sister Cindy is practicing for a driver's test. Personally, I don't think anybody who spells Cindy, S-Y-N-D-I, should be allowed to operate a motor vehicle. Dad works for Things Incorporated. A product testing company. Okay. We're going to put Cindy aside for a minute. Okay. I want to talk about the mom and I want to talk about the dad. Let's talk about the dad first because this is quicker. We discussed he works for Things Incorporated, Mm -hmm. a product testing company. And that's the reason they moved because Erie is the most statistically normal town in America. I don't give a fuck about that. What I do give a fuck about is dad's shirt that just says tech. (laughs) (laughs) it's always spectacular when it's like oh man he went to state U. dad must have just gone to tech um Um, it's revealed in a later episode mm -hmm. that nasa paid for marshall teller's dad to attend mit okay so i guess in a sense he did scientist he went to tech i've never heard mit referred to as tech tech i don't think that it was maybe they they hadn't thought of that yet or maybe it's a joke Mm mm-hmm Maybe the MIT nerds call it tech as a joke. Listen, I was an employee briefly for MIT, and they don't call it tech. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe you have to be there longer. But I want to talk about the mom. So the mom's job is she just started a party planning service down at the mall. And, you know, in my show about spooky, weird things, I'll accept a lot. The idea of just a person randomly starting a party planning store at the mall and then complaining about working despite never being at work. Yep. What the fuck? <laughs> what is that? Maybe she's still opening it? Like maybe maybe she's in the it's in the works. But like it, yeah, it builds over time. I think at this stage she hasn't actually established her company so much as like she probably has a sad kiosk and she's stressed out because she's using the dad's money to make this business. Sure, sure. And I guess sure. That's fine. But when I think a party store, right, you're like, oh, you go in there and there's balloons and there's plates and stuff. It's delightful. But streamers and, and you know, cartoon characters. Right. Like a party plates and forks. planning store at the mall. What would that even be? What is it? I think so it's a party planning service store, right? Like so she. But why is it at the mall? Because she doesn't want weirdos in her house? I don't know. It's like when we got married and we went to that lady's office and she asked us all the things, like, what kind of linens do you want? Here are a bunch of samples. Right, but she worked at the venue where the thing was. She wasn't in the mall. It's dumb. It's fucking dumb. That's the point. Don't don't counter-argue. Just acknowledge that it's dumb. It reminded me, uh, I'm with Ben here, 
It reminded me of uh, Catherine Keener's character in 40-Year-Old Virgin, where <laughs> yeah. she has the eBay store, yes. and he's like, I want to buy these boots. She goes, no, I just, I sell them online for you, or yeah. like, you can buy them online. Like, for her, like, I could just picture her, and maybe this is, I, I liked this. I thought it was a good gag. It was like, I just pictured her at an empty store in the mall, like a chair and a desk, yeah, you yeah. know, Adam Sandler, punch drunk love. Just, hello, I'd like to plan your party. <laughs> Could I buy some streamers? No, 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 I plan your party. I'll tell you, you where to here. buy your streamers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to go to party supplies. That's, that's down the aisle. <laughs> the town we used to live in, when we moved there, there was a storefront for a similar thing, you know, like, pay me a commission and I'll sell your stuff on eBay. Uh, I'm sorry to report that business did not make it. <laughs> Shocking. No, didn't make it. Shocking, but true. So anyway, so the gag here is that the Teller house is messy, right? There's gross food in the fridge. Marshall is eating peanut butter out of the fridge, which is a fucking crime. Yeah, that, that's but wrong. But the idea is that the parents are so busy that they can't you know, keep up with stuff. They establish that pretty quickly. There's literally Chinese food on the table in the living room for mm, some reason, which really skeeved me out. I know. It's, it's just crazy stuff. Fortunately, fortunately, a solution presents itself. Welcome, neighbors. Hi, I'm Betty Wilson. From up the street, just thought I'd stop by and welcome you folks to our little corner of the universe. Won't you? Come in. Okay, so Betty Wilson, She's dressed like she's out of the 50s. She looks like she would be at home in like the Black Hole Sun music video. <laughs> Whoa, yes. Absolutely. She's got this very rubbery face and with the gear, she, she would fit in quite well there. She may have been in that video. I don't know. But she is joined by two boys pushing suitcases. So these are her twin boys, Bertram and Ernest, also known as Bert and Ernie for the rest of the episode. And they look like little boy versions of Max from Saved by the Bell. But fat. Yeah, like little <laughs> fat boy versions of the Max. And they are there to pimp Foreverware. And Betty's telling the story of Foreverware. And like, think Tupperware, right? It's plastic storage containers, but her husband invented it. It's simulated plastic. It keeps things fresh for a long, long time. And she invites the mom uh marsha mrs teller mrs. marilyn mrs teller marilyn to a party tell you what why don't you come to a little foreverware party i'm throwing at my house tomorrow afternoon come as you are come as you are and there's some <laughs> something a little bit off about all this and the dad walks in and information on financing plans financing financing one of the recurring gags of this episode is that foreverware is really expensive and so uh -huh. they keep talking about student loans and financing and contracts <laughs> like a lot there's a lot of contract talk here but as these salespeople do they leave behind a recipe book so betty's husband had written this 300 page book with recipes and use cases and all this shit with foreverware but she also leaves something else i always like to leave a special sample behind as a little thank you here's one of our super sandwich savers it's yours to keep no obligation of course and if you're hungry the bologna sandwich inside is as fresh as the day it was made in 1974 as an 18 year old sandwich roughly Here, here's, a, here's a question for you we see later that the wilsons have a pretty normally sized refrigerator uh-huh how many sandwiches did she make in 1974 all right. How often is she making this pitch? This or is she a liar? Has vexed me 
since 1991. Mm-hmm. And I had to, what do they call it when you like invent <laughs> a story in your can, brain? Can we put a quick pause on? Yeah. Are you telling me that the sandwich question has perplexed you for literally how did 30 she years? Know, <laughs> how did she know how many sandwiches she would need? Einstein's out here trying to figure out the theory of relativity. Shailen's thinking about the bologna sandwich from the TV show. This plot In 1972, from, from, how did they predict how many sandwiches did, did they need? And what I've, what do they call it? Headcanon? Is that what it is? When you make something up and you just assume that that's real? Sure. Uh, that sounds grossly <laughs> I believe Shailen. that maybe, maybe give the head that. Give the I head have cannon. concluded yeah. since 1991 that the only explanation is mm-hmm. that the garage has several refrigerators worth of bologna sandwiches. Okay. And that maybe like when the calendar turns, they make a new set for the year sure. or something. And then... Yeah, because there's no other explanation. I just assume that she's uh, she's got like a, a litany of food. Maybe maybe it's a bologna sandwich mm-hmm. for this family, but her next sales pitch is something that she made in 1976, and it's uh you know it's it's a American chop suey or okay. something like that. That was my. But where would they keep it in it that normal sized refrigerator? Oh, I, I'm I'm assuming she has a giant bed. Oh, she's got a giant bed uh, on it. That is, <laughs> that is Tupperware size, and she puts more Tupperware mm-hmm. in that. She's not lacking for containers. That's but true. The refrigeration seems important. It does. Mm, you know the maybe. important thing, though, Jalen. I'm so glad that you shot off that head cannon. Oh, uh, hit me up with the hashtag head cannon, folks. Um, I'm pretty sure fuck. that's a real word. So they're leaving. So the. This is how Shailen felt when I did my game last <laughs> yeah, yeah. episode. <laughs> so the Wilsons are headed out, and it seems a little weird, but one of the kids slips Marshall a note, and he opens it up, and the note says, Yearbook 1964. Now, the real reason that it says this is so that it could propel the plot forward, mm-hmm. but why didn't he just write, like, kill me, or... I'm an old man, or I don't know. Just like why? Why did? Why did you do the breadcrumb game? <laughs> the plot demanded it. I guess it did. Yeah, I assumed he did it because like their mom is really overbearing. Maybe he did it to like in case she caught him. Like he could have come up with a better, uh, like an easy explanation. He could have explained mm-hmm. his way. It out. It could also be like the Dumbledore effect, where when you tell someone something directly too fast, it's convenient and easy for them to digest. And what you need to do is put them through a psychotic battle of challenges so sure. that they can come to the other side with their own conclusions. It's like Saw. Thank you. What the fuck, Dumbledore? <laughs> Just tell Harry the right? truth. Motherfucking Dumbledore. You're a wizard, Harry. That's not Dumbledore. A wizard, Harry. That's Hagrid. Uh, f- f- follow, follow the spiders. Follow the fucking spiders. Follow the spiders, indeed. Follow the, f- follow the yearbook. The crumb trail. So now we go up to the attic, and Marshall's there with a shitload of yearbooks, and he's joined by his good pal, Simon. That's Simon, my next-door neighbor. He's just a kid, but I let him hang out because his parents don't seem to want him around. So they say that the parents fight a lot. So I think it's pretty clear that Simon comes from what Papa Roach referred to as a broken home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He also was, uh, uh, just for the sake of knowledge, this kid started picket fences. Well, I mean, knowledge it's power. was their treasure. So <laughs> it's an important thing to bring up here. And Fiveish Finkel was my treasure. <laughs> Fiveish Finkel is a national treasure. True enough. That's right. That's uh, right. 
to hit him up. Hashtag headcanon. Now, <laughs> they are looking through the yearbooks. Marshall had sent Simon to go get the yearbooks out of the library. And Simon's like, oh, the librarian was giving me weird looks. And Marshall said something that stuck out to me a little bit here. The librarian thought I was weird checking out all those yearbooks. Better weird than dead. Not really sure what that means. <laughs> Why are those the choices? Marshall, that's a little... That's a little, little macabre. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're jumping to conclusions <laughs> here, Marshall. But the point is, they open up the 64 yearbook, and they're looking through, and what do they see? But Bertram and Ernest and the Future Homemakers Club. And they realize that they're 30-something, huh? Because 30-something was a thing? Yeah. The kids both say 30-something at the same time. It's very cute. I had a problem with this. Okay. So they're in seventh grade, Correct. right? Which makes them about 13? Uh, yeah. 12, 13 yeah. or so? When did this 91? 91. 91. Which would have been, so 30 years ago would have been 1961. Okay. But in 64, they're, they're in seventh grade. It, the math doesn't slow. work. They would have been 40-something. That's only like three years off. <laughs> <laughs> they had to no, no, redo no, first like, and second So it's grade. 30 years ago. So if it's, if it's 30 years ago, they're 30-something, they would have to be... They would have to be at least three years younger to be still in their 30s. I don't think your math is right. Like, they would be 42 no. or 43. Okay. Your math is wrong, something. Dave. Okay, hold on, hold on. All right, let's 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 play this. All right. So no, no, we're not pulling a Do not pull out a calculator. We're doing this mind only. Shailen, put the phone down. We're not doing calculators. I'm doing a calculator. No, don't, because I want to do this head, right, heads do only. Heads okay. Only. All right. Fine. If I had scratch paper, I would use scratch paper, right. but I don't. All right. So the show aired in 1991. 1964. So we can assume mm-hmm. that the time period is 1991. Mm-hmm. Can we agree on that as an assumption? I can agree to 91. Yes. 1964 was 27 years before us. So now we have the number 27. God, I wish I had a whiteboard. This would be cool. Uh, <laughs> if the kids were 12 in 1964, which seems like a nice round, a round age, 12 plus 27 is 39. And I will add to it that in the 50s and 60s, kindergarten started earlier. No, what, that would make them older. All right. No. It would make them younger. It would make them like 11. Yeah. Oh, fuck. 30-something, Dave. Oh, jeez. All right. All right. Uh, you win. I, w- I was just like, that's wrong. That's wrong. And I The reason that I pulled television. up my calculator so quickly is because I, in fact, did this math. Because you don't like doing fun, fun <laughs> so dicks. You got the same question. To- you wanted to open the present before Christmas. Just had <laughs> to be I right. Was right. Wanted to base that turkey. So they yeah. they realize that something's fucked up, and they go downstairs and they go into the fridge and they pull out the foreverware with the bologna sandwich, and you get a little bit of the old pop and sniff here. <laughs> Absolutely. So they realize that the sandwich looks like a sandwich. It smells like a sandwich. Marshall's going to take a bite, but decides against it. And I will say. That looked like a goddamn tasty sandwich. Although the bread was enormous. That did look good. It did. I like bologna sandwiches. I like the idea of a bologna sandwich. I don't I can't eat bologna. <laughs> Had a bad experience. You like the idea of a bologna sandwich? Like the philosophical ideal, or what are we talking about here? One the time fuck is that <laughs> when I was in 
the, yeah. the sublime when version. When I was in kindergarten or first grade, I, my mom got bologna and I liked it. Uh-huh. And then I ate the whole half pound of bologna okay. and it got really, really Whoa, sick. Eight whole ounces? I was really, really bologna sick. And I, I like the... I, <laughs> too much headcanon. When I think about the flavor well, that, too of much bologna, bologna gives you I'm headcanon. like, yeah, that would be good in a sandwich. But then when I try to actually eat it, I look at it and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Threw it up too much. Can't mm. do it. Bologna is an easy salami. Yeah. Like <laughs> it has the right flavor. Um, salami gets caught in the bread and the bread gets mushy and like sticks to the back of your teeth when you eat a salami sandwich. The bologna, you can just cut right through with your teeth. It doesn't get stuck. And it, it, can we oh, get t-shirts that say bologna is an easy salami? <laughs> uh, maybe. We have that capability. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole segment. Yeah, every Watchbots we talk about. Uh, I think I vehemently disagree that bologna and salami have anything to do with each other, but that's fine. They're both meat product. Bologna is an easy salami. They're meat. They're meat. Salami. (laughs) No, you wouldn't even have them on the same sandwich. I would not. No, no, no. You wouldn't have them on the same sandwich. If you had a, if you had a salami sandwich and a bologna sandwich, you'd be like. I think I'll go with no, the bologna I don't sandwich. Think that's true. I'm getting the same, almost the same no, flavor profile of bologna you. or of, of salami. But I, I can cut through it with my teeth. Bologna is closer to a spam. Or I have very spam. soft. I've eaten salami in the last three hours, and I don't think it tastes like bologna at all. Yeah. Other than they are both salty and savory. That's what I mean. So is cheese. <laughs> Do you want a salty, savory meat in your in your sandwich? So is so we is go with bologna fish. instead. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. I would not call tuna fish. Salty. That's what we call it. A meat you know what? Though we would have to say though, if bologna yeah. is an easy salami, uh-huh. salami is therefore a hard bologna. <laughs> 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 I wonder. I wonder. I wonder salami how that is. exactly. Hard I wonder how I feel about that. I feel like you're coming around to to me, Ben. Now with mm-hmm. with this with this. I disagree logic, with so. the logic, but I still so want a T-shirt. You. Yeah, folks, hit us up at WatchBotSpot on Twitter with the hashtag <laughs> bologna <laughs> cannon or. Is bologna an easy salami for yes, or hashtag bologna is not an easy salami for no? What about salami is a hard bologna? I mean, you could just say that at any point, Rob. That's what I tell Ben when I'm when we're ready for sex. <laughs> I don't need to know the details. Mm-hmm. Ben. <laughs> salami ben. is a hard bologna. Yeah. You- <laughs> Let's go. You go to your local deli. And you're like, you ask them for the hard bologna. Give me, give me the, give me the easy salami, and you see what happens. I want a half pound of the easy salami, and a whole pound of the hard bologna. Easy salami is my my favorite motorcycle movie. And that's. Do you know what happened in the movie The Wrestler? Randy the Ram's back there. He's in the he's in the deli counter. He's getting all pissed off because his life isn't going the way he wants to. Some asshole. Comes up to him and goes, yeah, give me a half pound of the hard bologna. He loses his shit. He starts right. punching the slicer. That's what But happened. I seem to recall yeah. he was training for his return, and, but he can only do like functional exercises in the store. And the bologna was too easy. So he put the salami in the slicer to really right. uh, really work the, <laughs> those forearms. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then somebody got the salami. They're like, this, this is difficult. This mm-hmm. is a difficult bologna. No thanks. Shit. I want a bologna sandwich. Re- just regular bologna, though. Not like a... I don't know. Not like an easy. You don't want like that bologna with the fucking olives in it. That it's shit's nasty. Uh, that's nasty. That's fucking gross. Also, olives are yeah, disgusting. Olives They're are salty grapes. They, I don't they like did, olives. olives are uh, straight up bad. I think we can all agree on that. You know, I think an olive, an olive is a veggie bologna. 
No. Uh, no, an olive is okay. a veggie An grape. olive is an abomination. And a grape is a fruity bologna. Oh, no. Sure. No, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope, I'm going to throw up. Nope, can't do that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nope. Moving on. But he leaves <laughs> the, the container, container open. open. And that's fucked up, right? Because Betty had said, you got to seal this shit tight. Tight. But they realize now that something nefarious is going on. And this is where the episode takes a sexy turn. That night, Simon and I agreed to sneak out and spy on the Foreverware lady and her twins. Gonna look at the lady's twins. Pretty weird. <laughs> I think you're talking about, I think he, he pronounced it wrong. It's the <laughs> twins. Because you couldn't get away with bazongas on the NBC Kids show, you know? Right. Twins is what you got to do. So they go out at night and they look in the window and they see that Betty is dusting and dancing around like she's the uh, the neighbor and Uncle Buck. But then they hear her calling to the boys upstairs. And Marshall, like a normal kid would do, climbs the trellis outside the house and he looks in the window and he hears. I'd seen some strange things since coming to Erie, but nothing prepared me for what I saw next. Good night, So the room is glowing green and there's smoke, but what you see are these two enormous foreverware containers that she seals the two boys into. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll come back to it. They, they explain this a little bit here, but this is a little bit mystifying. What happens, though, is Betty turns around. She sees Marshall through the window. He falls off of the second-story trellis on his back, and he gets up like nothing happened. And then Betty just cackles madly out the window. That is correct. (laughs) It's kind of a mess to get out of the situation. Okay. I did some research. So houses have Mm -hmm. gradually gotten taller since 1991. Uh So the second story of the house that he falls from is not as high as the second story of a house. Okay. And also, ostensibly, it was built even earlier than that. Yeah, yeah. So houses Mm -hmm. organically grow taller and taller. And so, so, I mean, 30 years ago, that was fairly, that was a fairly shortfall for for Omri Katz. Mm -hmm. He did his own stunts, too. He's a true pro. They say that tall buildings are like buildy baloney. That's what I've heard. (laughs) No, 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 no. A tall building is like a dream sandwich. No, that's not true. And a dream sandwich is like uh, a difficult bologna, a difficult bowl of cereal. <laughs> a dream sandwich is just itself, and it's glorious. So the next day, we're sitting down for breakfast, and Marshall said something that I, I wholeheartedly agree with. Normally, I wouldn't be afraid of pancakes. I hear your brother. Now <laughs> he's eating no less than six pancakes. Like he's got a fucking. It's not a short stack. It's a tall stack, and he finds out that the mom got the recipe out of the forever wear book and he's horrified and he pushes the food away and he realizes he I would have eaten those pancakes. Yeah, I don't Same. know what I don't know what the problem was. It's not like yeah. they came out of forever wear, but whatever. She's not going to poison them. It's ridiculous. It's not like she Just, wouldn't have noticed if like one of the re- the ingredients in the recipe was formaldehyde without questioning it. Mhm. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, it's uh, ashes. I don't know. <laughs> add arsenic hmm sounds unorthodox but sure it's the recipe but it's weird because marshall cut into that that pancake you know what it was 
was stuffed with bologna. Because they say the pancake is a floury bologna. They say the, the bologna is the pancake of lunch. It's the soft salami of... <laughs> the, 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 the pancake is the fluffy bologna of breakfast. That's correct. Yes. Bologna is the flaccid salami of breakfast. Mm-hmm. Good God, Chandler, that's too far. You're welcome. Now, Marshall decides he's going to tell somebody. So he's going to tell his dad, and he doesn't. So it's fine. So the mom, Marilyn, I remember her name, goes off to the party and she goes into Betty's house and the door closes and it does the foreverware sound effect. So very subtle. I don't understand Tupperware parties. Okay. What is it like this? I mean, aside from, you know, the aging. Aside bullshit. from the singing, yes. So a Tupperware party, you get some folks together with some snacks. Sure. And there's a catalog, and the person who, like the consultant who is running the party mm-hmm. along with the party host, they have samples. So there's two hosts? You, like there's the person who lives in the house, and they've invited the people there, and then they have their consultant that they bring with them to sell the shit. Oh, like a, a pro, a professional. Right. Okay. And so the consultant will be like, oh, I love this salad bowl. It's so great for all these reasons. And they'll pass a salad bowl around the group of people. (laughs) What? And then they'll (laughs) often give out like prizes. So they might play like a bingo game or some other kind of bullshit game. Mm -hmm. Was this just for moms? uh, In my experience, it was for women, but not only moms. Um, And they'd be like, Oh, you win the bingo game. You get the pickle lifter. That's an actual Tupperware contraption that my mom won in my living room from her consultant when she hosted the Tupperware party when I was a kid. So is it all like a big pyramid scheme? Yes. Okay. Do they still oh, do Tupperware it's... parties? Yes. Well, it's like when your mom sold pants. Yeah. Yes. Or there are many things you can sell in that way. Spices and food products, perhaps. I am very excited about our game tonight, you guys. <laughs> Are you excited? Spoiler. Excited, excited? Spoiler. <laughs> it sounds spicy, spicy. Um, is this why all moms have the same Tupperware yes. from the 90s? Like, my when I met my wife, we when we went down to visit her parents, or, uh, for me to meet her parents for the first time, her mom got out all these leftovers, and I was like, transported back to my childhood kitchen. It was the exact same set of yes, Tupperware. Yes, and that is why. Because it is a, it's actually now an international company, I believe. And it's- yeah, They're in the Balkans now. It's set up exactly this. <laughs> everybody got the same fucking catalog. Bologna. Everybody. I'd say the Tupperware is the bologna of plasticware. No. Uh, no, 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 no. You're, you're, the Tupperware is much no. higher quality. It's more like the- Salami. Salami is. It's more like the mortadella. Is, is Tupperware. Salami is the bologna of yeah. Tupperware. Mortadella is the meat of the tup of the oh, mortadella. Wear. Now we're getting into just we're now we're getting into the classy stuff. That's what I'm saying. Prosciutto. Tupperware <laughs> brand is way better than the plastic shit you buy in the store. So what are we talking about? Um, so Marilyn goes. Parties. Marilyn goes to the house. The twins. <laughs> the twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so there's a lot of people <laughs> at the party. There's a lot of people at the party. You got Beatrice Pillsbury, Imogen Crocker, Winifred Swanson, and Phyllis Stouffer. You get it? Because they're you homemakers. It? And it's like it's like an episode of WandaVision out there. These people are all dressed out of time. It's true. It's crazy. It's like WandaVision. So they mentioned saving fruit since like 1962 and 66 and 68. And so you're led to believe 
that there's something a little funky with these people too. And it's confirmed when they sing the official Forever Wear song. It's a little bit long. Forever wear, for wives and mothers everywhere. Our goal has always been to seal the freshness in forever, forever wear. For any dish that you prepare, for each and every meal, we have the perfect seal. All right, it goes on for 20 seconds. It's not everything I would have wanted it to be, but it's fine. It's been 30 years, and when I heard the song, I knew all the words. It's been vexing me ever since I, I heard it the first time. <laughs> I sometimes sing it when I'm putting our leftovers away. That's been going on for the whole time I've known you, so you're welcome. This oh, episode really wow. affected me from childhood. Yeah, Jesus Christ. What the fuck? That's like me with the episode of The Wonder Years at the end where Kevin and Winnie fuck in the barn. And then the dad dies of a heart attack. And I think about that. After seeing that. I think about that every That's time <laughs> that, that I go into a barn. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, he just saw Kevin's ass undulating and was like, it's too much. And he keeled over. You're both wrong. That's not what happened. I'm Dan Laureata here. But anyway. He was like, oh, God, that's too Fred Savage. When I put away leftovers, sometimes I, st- I sing to myself. Right. The goal has always been to keep the freshness in. Uh, that's great for you. I'm, I'm, and I'm that thrilled. is a thing that you know about me now. <laughs> Welcome to hell. So <laughs> Marshall goes into the house. The twins hear something. They go upstairs. They greet Marshall. Uh, Shailen mentioned a pickle lifter. And here's a pickle lifter. The pickle lifter. <laughs> oh Show us how it works. Oh oh, um, so, so you're telling me the pickle lifter is a real product? It's a real product. I just assumed it was a dick joke. It is remarkably not only a dick joke. It's also a thing from Tupperware. The pickle is the soft baloney of the cucumber. Nope. That's what I've heard. That's not right. No. Then, no, that's f- so false. That's, that's what I've heard. But sticking with the, the party here, we see that Foreverware is the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Oh, Bob, I said... <laughs> If a silly new car means more to you than vacuum fresh food, Holden, you're just not the man I married. And then they do the wave to cheer that woman up. So, and weirdly, it it does cheer her. That's up. right. Yeah, I thought this was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, it was very funny to me. The woman, um, she's from the sixties. She's got the the, the long blonde mm-hmm. hair. She she looked like the Muppet from the band. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, What's the name of the band? Electric. Oh, God. I always forget this. Electric Mayhem. Yeah, she looks exactly like that Muppet. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like (laughs) the idea of like arguing and getting divorced over over Tupperware is real. It's true. It could happen. I have something to tell you. Me me and my wife are on the outs. Tupperware. Did you stain her Tupperware with spaghetti sauce? Oh boy, yeah, that's no, a real problem. No, I, I, I accidentally melted the lid in the oven. It was, it was bad. <laughs> we cut back to the twins' bedroom, and they're talking to Marshall. And by this point, right, like you've seen most of the episode, and you know that the mom seals them in Tupperware or Foreverware, and that they aren't aging. But just in case you're a complete numb nuts, this is what you hear. Mother's been sealing us up every night since our dad died in 1964. She wants to preserve us so we never grow up and leave her. Yeah, I kind of figured that one out. 
Yeah, we, we, we got it. It's a kid's it's show. A, they got to spell that shit out for you. This isn't Dubliners. Like, I, I understood it. <laughs> um, but not just that. You don't know what it's like being seventh grade for 30 years. It's a living hell. What do you think the worst part of being in seventh grade for 30 years would be? So oh. it's tricky, right? Because the worst parts of my seventh grade year wouldn't have been the things that you relive over and over. What the fuck? What? I, I just got head. What cannon. are you, the Riddler out here? What are you talking about? Like the, the crappy parts of my seventh grade year were how my parents were interacting with things. And like that wouldn't have lasted if it what, had been going hold, hold, on. Hold on. on. What's wrong? Like the divorce. Yeah, what's wrong with your parents? Do you want a long list or what? That's a, that's a hard <laughs> question to answer, Ben. I mean, the, the, the answer I was looking for was they got divorced. That, that would have been like, your parents got divorced? <laughs> And then we would have laughed, and it would that have been a funny way thing. Before seventh grade. Oh, okay, cool. So they were divorced. Okay, <laughs> the joke still stands. Uh, hey, Dave, let me try you. What do you think the worst part of being in seventh grade for thirty years would have been? Puberty. Uh, oh, <laughs> like uh, getting those those um, accidental boners when the teacher calls on you to go to the sure. Program. Oh yeah, yeah. So they those not were, accidental. That that was always. <laughs> <laughs> That's not well, right. that was I, I i'm I'm speaking from my my point of view <laughs> i i was unlike you, I wasn't just just raging all the time mm-hmm. raging yeah. raging erection I feel like repeating the same grade over and over like you'd get really good at the course material, well, you could study things and read books that you wanted to well, hold on hold you didn't on, have hold to relearn it because you're making an assumption here. I didn't think that they went to school. they're in all the yearbooks no, they're in the one yearbook. they didn't look in other yearbooks they did look in other yearbooks. So nobody notices, nobody cares that they're just in seventh grade constantly? Not in Erie, Indiana. I don't think they looked in other yearbooks. They did. They looked in 1964. I don't think they did. They did. I don't remember that. Hold on. Can you no. Can you indignantly say they did again? I will Let's not. Let's see if you can go higher pitch. <laughs> they did. Kirby. You would have to assume that every year there was a new seventh grade teacher. No. And the students from eighth grade went to a completely different school, so they would never know. Bert and Ernie were the same age. You're making false assumptions. This is Erie, Indiana, where Bigfoot goes through your trash, the crows open your mail, and Elvis Presley just lives down the block. I'll tell you what, if counting crows went through my heart, I wouldn't bat an eye at that. Not counting crows, just crows. Hmm. What about the black crows? Nope, just the regular. Because their eyes are closed. (laughs) They're still sleeping. Wake up, sheeple. (laughs) Marshall Teller's totally running like a, a... uh, <laughs> like an info wars type yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the alex jones origin story jesus <laughs> so uh the point of this is erie q anon diana yeah there was a rally yesterday in texas where where people Holy were shit. expecting jfk jr to show up they, that he's JF- been dead forever that jfk jr date for these q anon people has passed like 20 times he didn't show up at the rally so they immediately changed it to he was coming back to announce his um his candidacy with Trump at the Rolling Stones concert in Texas. Spoiler, JFK Jr. didn't show up there either. Is it because he died in 1997? No. Oh boy, we can't be talking about QAnon. Anyway, it's fascinating that um that many people showed up. It's fascinating yeah, is a word for that. it. Yeah, yeah, makes me real uncomfortable, y'all. I would say that QAnon is the baloney of conspiracy groups. Yeah, really easy to digest think- <laughs> and get caught up in. I think Baloney takes offense to that. <laughs> Listen, you bleeding heart. That's true. You bleeding heart, sheeple. So back to the, the show here. Um, 
so the mom signs up for the dealer special. She's contractually locked in, whatever. So now it's it's back to that night. Marshall knows he has to go back to the house and he has to help the twins. So he goes back with Simon. Simon wants to go with them. Marshall says no. He needs him for an important job. You know what to do if I don't come back. I go straight to the president. And if I can't get through to him, I tell your mom and dad. I check. He gives him the key to the evidence locker. So you can see what weird shit is happening in Erie, Indiana. So now we go to the mom's room. And Betty's in her nightie. And she has saran wrap in her hair. Is that a thing? I don't think it's saran wrap. I think it's like a shower cap situation because she's trying to keep her curls intact. Okay, okay. I thought it was a saran wrap just to go with the the theme of her. I think it's supposed to be a plastic shower cap because that's a pretty standard old lady hairstyle situation. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay. It's like when you go out in the rain and you see like old ladies wearing the plastic bonnet. (laughs) That was like... If our moms had plastic Tupperware, mm-hmm. our grandmas all had those plastic hats right. to cover their perms. <laughs> the permanent. Yeah. Gotta save yeah. my permanent. So we're cutting back and forth here between Betty's room and the boys' room because Marshall's there and he's unsealing the foreverware and he's getting them out. And we cut back to, to Betty and she kisses a picture of her dead husband and she starts playing this tape. Foreverware tip number 714. Vacuum seal yourself for eight uninterrupted hours a day and stay young forever. Remember, eight hours a day keeps... Okay. And it plays like that. It's almost like a subliminal tape. So she is able to seal herself into the forever wear. And now here is a real big problem, right? She makes it clear that the forever wear has to stay sealed or else things go bad, right? right? So I would accept here that if they stay in there eight hours a day, Mm-hmm. That they would age two thirds as quickly, but why would eight hours in and sixteen hours out halt the aging process entirely? That is fucking unacceptable. Counterpoint. No. <laughs> At the beginning of the episode, the door also sealed. They leave the window of their bedroom open. Also, the house is sealed. Yeah, it's not a cute sound effect. It's it's okay. The- so the, but yeah, they the leave the house, house a lot to sail things. And according to you, they go to school. That's true. To sail oh, things. So take your counterpoint and put it in your baloney. I'm just saying the hours <sighs> of the day are not aligned. And also, this is one of those situations where you get really bogged down in a very minor detail. It's not a minor detail. It's a big detail. You're right. They should have been aging very, very slowly. Yeah, like two-thirds as quickly as everybody else. Except that according to the recording you just played, you only need to be sealed in for eight hours to be fully preserved. I don't know. That's right, Ben. You keep so keep poking holes in that in that baloney of a, of a fantastic. Poke those olives right out of there. Watch out for show. the Swiss yeah. cheese yeah. on yeah, your way through. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so mom can seal herself in. It's an easy cheese. And Marshall has to let the boys out. Now, this is a little confusing to me, right? So... Mom can tuck herself and seal herself in and unseal herself, but the boys cannot. That is because there's a handle installed on the inside of the cover that you can see very, very briefly when she unseals herself. Okay. Okay. All right. That that makes sense then. She goes to check the boys' room. She sees closed containers. She bails. They all come out of the closet. Now the boys are aging quickly, and <laughs> it. I'm just going to play the clip. It gets fucking weird here. That's all I can say. Now what? 
We'll take care of mother. Okay. So what you don't see there is the boys are in pajamas and they're smacking their fists together as if they're preparing to beat the shit out of their mom? That's correct, What ben. the fuck was this? Yeah. It's real fucked up, Ben. If that were the case, I know what happens later, obviously, but like when that happened, I was like, why wouldn't they have just beat the shit out of her when they were right? awake? You can beat the shit out of anyone at any time of day. You don't have to wait till they're if asleep. If your plan is to Menendez your parents, you don't need nightfall. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. Oh, holy What's wrong shit. with you? I've been rewatching 30 Rock and there's a really funny episode that involves that. How many times you watch 30 Rock? This is only my second time. You know, Shailen, you want to be hip. You got to be like me. You got to watch the squid game. So you say. Right? Because life's a lot like a squid game, if you think about it. I'm sure. Squid game is the hard Parma ham of Netflix shows. If that helps put it in context Mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. The boys go to Betty's room. And here's what you hear. <laughs> okay, so they they break the seal and they expose her to the elements, and then I don't know they forcibly restrain her. I guess it's not it's not entirely clear what they do, but she has to be in there for eight hours, or she starts aging rapidly. So I guess maybe they break her container, like them breaking that first seal. It's not like... I think they just take the cover away. It's not like Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Where they uncovered the tomb. Like there, There's some time that has to elapse there. That's correct. Is it exactly eight hours? Like what if she can't fall asleep? What if she's sick or something and she can't She can't stay in asleep. there. She has like, to poop in the night. I don't know. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. But I say, and it's like, oh, you're picking apart a little thing there. Well, the recording said the thing, and that's why I think that they either restrained her or took away the cover. They fucking beat the shit out of her. Apparently. That's strange. So, the next morning, Marshall wakes up and he goes down to the kitchen. There's clothes in the oven. Dad's reading a Shel Silverstein book for some reason. (laughs) Uh, All is well. It was a it was a book of uh, his Playboy poetry. <laughs> so they uh, they go to get the bologna sandwich out of the fridge. It's turned into like green frosting, so that's pretty gross. Ugh. And mom decides I'm going to cancel that order. I guess that Betty's just some kind of super saleswoman. Super saleswoman. A super saleswoman. So it's my Jersey accent coming. <laughs> mom has snapped back to normal, but I guess. I'm not entirely clear why that would have been. Did breaking Betty's vacuum seal release magic or? No, I mean, I think it's a matter of, it's similar to like gambling. When you're in a casino, you get caught up in the moment and you're like, I don't need these $500 in my savings account. I'm going to spend it on gambling. And then you get home and you're like, oh shit, I should get my $500 back if I can because I didn't mean to spend it. I just think that Spoke, she... Spoken like a true gambler. <laughs> <laughs> Say, is that Johnny Chan I hear over here? <laughs> I'm going to spend it all on gambling. On gambling and other related gambling services. <laughs> Give me all your drugs while you're Give at Give me it. one bet on a gamble. I'd like to smoke a drug, please, and <laughs> put everything on red. So according to that logic, the mom would have been back to normal anyway. <laughs> 
And the only consequence to Marshall not helping the twins would have been that the twins and Betty would have stayed the way they were. Unless Betty remained a threat. Like, you don't know if she would have been persistent and come back and come back and come back. Okay, I see. I see. What do you think happened to the other women? Do you think they just stayed fucking sailing themselves up? Probably. It depends on if they have downlines. Do you think that you could have relations in the vacuum seal container? I think it would get awfully warm. Here's a question for you. <laughs> I got a question. Whoa, that was quick. I got a question, and it's a related question. Shh. So we know that those boys... I did. I'm going to commit to this. We know that those boys were... You know, they were going through puberty, right? For 30 years, which would suck. Theoretically. What do you think happens if they have a wet dream in the foreverware container mm-hmm. and then it's unsealed? What do you... Th- <laughs> Does it like turn into a society? <laughs> Does it grow into mold? <laughs> I think it just gets gross and crispy. No, it never gets crispy. It always stays wet. So it stays sealed? <laughs> it, stays, it, just... stay, it stays fresh. I remember reading... <laughs> I guess that would be the other side of it, yeah. In yeah. Cosmopolitan Magazine. I think it was Cosmopolitan Magazine. Might have been Seventeen Magazine. Uh-huh. That <laughs> you can get pregnant from semen for like 48 hours if it stays in the right habitat. And it was based on... All right. Yeah, I'm going to tell the story. It was based on the fact that a girl claimed to have gotten pregnant when her boyfriend uh, ejaculated in her belly button. Okay. And so what happened was it like stayed warm and wet in her belly button. And then when she got in the shower, it dribbled. Sure. And then... Like Michael Jordan. <laughs> like Michael Jordan. Exactly. Uh, and she got pregnant. And she was like, no, you can definitely get pregnant through your belly button. And then the column was like... It's not that you got pregnant through your belly button. It's that like you have to not let that shit get inside you. Was she showering with a fire hose, perhaps? No, she was masturbating Be- in the shower. And it got there. What? It like dribbled and she pushed it up. I don't know what fucking penthouse letters book you're reading, but that, the journey there doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That's some headcanon fault. I was... I was like in middle school when I read this and it horrified me. Sure. Just the concept in itself horrified me. It's like the reverse of Superman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. If you think about it that way. Anyway, so uh, Marshall's happy. Mom's back to normal. Where you go, Mom? Just stay the way you are. The messy mom that I love. Oh, thanks. I think. You're okay too, Dad. Thanks, Marshall. Happy family. As a father, I've gotten those similar messages mm-hmm. where my daughters will absolutely adore my wife and then like maybe turn to me and possibly give a, a thumbs up mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, we love you, mommy. Hey, dad. A little peace sign. I've, I've, yeah. And as a, as, a, as a tech alum, like I could totally relate to the dad here. Tech. Go tech. Go tech. Yeah. So Marshall and mom go next door. And they see two dudes selling the house. It's very clearly the, the twins because they're little fat guys. With now, the same glasses. With the same glasses. They have man clothes. Where do they think they got the man clothes? Maybe they preemptively ordered them in hopes that someday they'd be released. Why are they still fat? Why wouldn't they be? Do you think aging that quickly hurt? Yes. Do you think when their body hair sprouted, it just like burst out of their chest like, a, like yeah. an alien? <laughs> 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 they're not fat. I mean, well, they are. They're. They're, they're big bones. Like, they're the same size as they were 
when they were younger. Yeah. So the, the kids were fat, but they're just like normal sized adults or whatever. It's, it's like they didn't grow at all. They just got older. It's really, really weird looking. Yeah. Just, it, it was eerie. It's very eerie. It's just weird. So they're selling the house. And the mom's like, hey, uh, is Betty here? Like, I signed a contract. I gotta, I gotta get out of it. And they look at each other and they're like, she had an emergency. She's not here. Here's the paperwork. And I thought, oh my God, they really did beat their mother to death. Like, <laughs> it's like a good 30 seconds where I was like, did they kill her? Like, that's fucked up. But then, no, Betty sticks her head out the window and she's she's old now. She's got like fucking awful, dumb old person makeup on. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. That was really bad. <laughs> it was really bad looking. And she, shame on you, Joe Dante. She calls them good boys. So whatever beating they gave her in the night, they've clearly resolved it. Or maybe she has dementia and she doesn't remember. Either way, I, I know she's old and maybe senile. But like, I thought they beat her so poorly or beat her so badly that. They gave her like a head trauma. Oh my God. Jesus. (laughs) Wow. She couldn't remember anything. Shailen brings up Menendez brothers and I'm the awful one. I think I said Jesus to both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fuck you both. (laughs) Either way. So one thing that's weird here, Marshall knows this is the twins. They know this is Marshall. They'd never acknowledge him until they're getting ready to leave. And then one of them gives Marshall a real fucking creepy little wink. Yeah. And then I was, I shuddered. And then the scene ended. So in the end here, we're with, uh, we're with Marshall and we're with Simon. They're in the attic. And here's the moral of the story. Never eating leftovers again as long as I live. That's a bad takeaway because leftovers are delightful, especially this time of year. You know, Shailen? I would. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Let's hear him. Why is that his <laughs> takeaway? He should be against multi-level marketing schemes instead of against leftovers. Yeah, yeah. He, I agree with you. I agree with you. I tell you, also ya, overly controlling mothers. I bet. Bad. I bet Bernie Madoff, which is he watched this episode, huh? Totally, Bernie Madoff. Do you guys know why Bert and Ernie are named Bert and Ernie? Um, not in this because, show, but in Sesame oh, Street. Oh, 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 that, that's a <laughs> that makes more sense as a question. Thank you. Uh, I think I think in this show they're named after the characters from Sesame Street. Yes, and do you know why the Sesame yes. Street characters are named that? Because they're named after the characters in Erie, Indiana. It's a virtuous circle. Oh, no, my God. Because the two cab drivers in It's a Wonderful Life are Bert and Ernie, respectively. Oh, okay. They helped save the day. I thought it was a uh, like a, a an allusion to 1900s politics sure. in the mudslinging era and William Randolph Hearst and his uh, newspaper crumbs. Yellow journalism and such. Yeah. yeah. Bertram, Bertram and Ernest, uh, they, they ran, a, they ran a, a bad paper. <laughs> nope, it's from that. Jimmy Stewart movie. Wow, you started that really upbeat, and then you ended it really not upbeat. Yeah, you forgot my name, didn't you? I did. You? <laughs> I yeah, sure I did. did. <laughs> I almost said Jimmy Smith. Jimmy- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Same. That would be a way better It's, it's same, a Wonderful same. Life with Jimmy, Jimmy Smith. Same talent. I'd watch that movie. Holy shit. Well, that's Eerie, Indiana. Show it to a kitty. Yes, no, maybe. After the age of eight, yes. Okay, Dave. Ninety-one it aired. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting. I keep wanting to say ninety-three. That's uh, when it came off the air. Yeah, yeah. I was seven. I watched it. I think. Yeah, I would show this to a a seven-year-old or older. You, I, I would, but only after the children understands voyeurism properly. Okay. About spying on the twins, and then then you wouldn't have to. Well, that's a weird questions. lesson to teach. 
hey, listen, I'm not teaching it. I'm just saying that's my criteria. Okay. All right. They have to learn it themselves. Yeah, yeah. like in the schoolyard or whatever the fuck. Yeah, Uh, or or hard knocks. And let's go with uh, one to five baloney logs. Shailen? Five baloney logs, Ben. Five? Oh, wow. wow. I would rewatch the fuck out of this, and even the plot holes, I I have answers for all of it. Mm -hmm. I was delighted. And anytime that I can have Bigfoot going through my trash, I think it's funny. Okay. Dave? I liked this show a lot as a kid. I remember it fondly. It aged well. Uh, you know, you, you, you remember these shows fondly, and then you watch them again, you're like, what the hell was I thinking? This stayed good for me. Stayed fresh? The, it stayed fresh. Vacuum fresh. <laughs> Vacuum sealed. What I think, so it's a four out of five for me. One, it's the plot holes. Like, I don't need to have every answer, right? Because then, like, if that were the case, like, Twilight Zone would suck. Like, (laughs) right. She's like, oh, we're just going to spend 30 minutes answering the one question we asked at the beginning. (laughs) It's like, fuck, stop. I'd like that show. I'm I'm willing to suspend my disbelief to a point, but there are some things, some plot holes that I'm just like, wait, what? And then the overuse, I blame this on Joe Dante, the overuse of Dutch angles in this episode, <laughs> it was very, very abused. Okay. Like, maybe once or twice to show it's crazy. Every other shot was a fucking Dutch angle. It was driving me insane. And for that, I, I, I can't give it a full five, which I would have. So it's four, four out of five. You know, it's an interesting show. And like we talked about, it feels... Like a show that's truly ahead of its time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if you made the bologna sandwich of Erie, Indiana in 1991, you put it in some forever wear, you popped it open in 2021, a lot of those things still work today, right? Writing, a little sloppy, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it had some good moments. Characters were a little bit silly. There's a lot to like about it. But there's one problem with this show. I wasn't sure if it would come up, so I have to bring it up here. The Teller family is from Jersey, and nobody talked about going to get a slice. Nobody (laughs) complained about cab rides. Not one person mentioned Newark. Nobody mentioned Newark or Hoboken or, you know, the Cake Boss or any of that. And to me, that's a character-building thing that you just can't overlook. Like, who are these people, you know? they, They can't just be blank ciphers. And so for that, I have to give Erie, Indiana, three and a half delicious logs of bologna. That's fair. Yummy. All right, gentlemen. Are you <laughs> familiar with the, with the old game, the $10,000 pyramid, which over time became the $60,000 pyramid, and then later the $100,000 pyramid? Vaguely. So the idea of this game show. Okay. What's the name of the game show? I'm, I'm telling you about the game show, and then I'm going to tell you about our game. Okay. So for $10,000 Pyramid, it was Average Joe paired with a celebrity. And I thought this, it was $100,000 Pyramid. It became 100000 so I'm talking about 10000 <laughs> Okay. Don't be an asshole here. Don't be a pedantic <laughs> asshole, all right? Don't do it. <laughs> you have a celebrity. Uh-huh. You have an Average Joe. The celebrity gives clues to the average Joe, and as the categories get harder, it makes it like a pyramid, right? And so you okay. get points when you, you guess something with fewer clues. So tonight, I'd like you to join me for WatchBot's first episode of the $10,000 
pyramid scheme. That's right. I'm going to read you some clues Uh about various multi-level marketing companies. And you have to guess what the multi-level marketing company is. Wait, 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 wait. So, So Ben and I are the average shows. Yes, that is true. And you're version. and you're the celebrity. I'm your celebrity host. So, which celebrity are you? No, no. This is the Watchbots version, and so you get Shaylin. Uh, you called me a pedantic uh-huh. asshole. You play along with Dave's bit. <laughs> Dave hasn't been mean to me all day. Wow. Um, yeah. So, in so that case, for definition, be the celebrity that I want you to be. You're you're Al Pacino. I bought you a coffee. <laughs> No and uh-huh. Anyway, <laughs> just for our listeners out there, multi-level marketing or MLM as it is known, mm-hmm. these are companies that operate as pyramid schemes, but because of the way that the American law is written, since they offer an actual product ex- in exchange for money, they don't break pyramid scheme laws. So you are going to probably hear about a lot of litigation uh, for each of these companies because all of them have been What a thriller. Um, Ooh, I love litigation. So the general issue with MLMs is that the person at the top makes a fuck ton of money and they just keep getting more downlines who get more downlines who get more downlines. And the further down the pyramid you are, the less money you earn. So what that means is the more clues that you need, the less money you get. Or the less okay, points you get. Okay. Now, are you going to be a litigious celebrity like a Johnny Cochran? I'm Shaylin. Or a Lars Ulrich, perhaps? We're going to start with an easy one. <laughs> so who's guessing? Or is you it guys one? are, you're, you both get to guess. Okay. Are we a team? Yeah. Team I'm average ben. Joe. Head to head. Head cannon. Oh. Head cannon. All right. <laughs> this company started... In May of 2013. So I'm just giving you context. Uh-huh. The company's name is derived by combining the names of the granddaughters of their founder. All right. They started with a single product made with ugly patterns. LuLaRoe. LuLaRoe. <laughs> ben gets the point. Dave gets it at the same time. We'll split that one. Point for each. That's what average shows do. Like we split beers and we split points. Yeah, yeah, a couple of blue-collar fellas. Your next MLM is a cosmetics company founded in 1963. Avon. No. Estee Lauder. Estee Lauder is not an MLM. Okay. (laughs) Um, According to Direct Selling News, it was the sixth largest network marketing company in the world. Mary Kay. Dave wins. Dave wins the point. Jenny Craig. My uh, tap dance teacher, when I was little, was also a Mary Kay salesperson. Did she have she, a pink car? She did, and uh, she wore so much Mary Kay makeup. They all do. Yeah. They um, all but she, do. All the moms in the dance class that I was in were Mary Kay clients. <laughs> it was, they were her downlines, and for every yeah. piece of makeup that they sold, she profited. That's right. In her name was Mary and her last name began with a K. So, no. like, she just used, yeah, it, it's true. Um, Mrs. K. She used that line to sell so much shit. It was amazing. Yeah. I learned when I was a very young child that I'm super allergic to many of the Mary Kay products. Oh. Someone 
at my ballet class gave out samples because we had to wear like uniform lipstick. And one of the moms like, I'll bring the lipstick because she saw this as an opportunity to like sell to all the moms. And my mom put the lipstick on me and I got hives all around my mouth. And it was like a Ronald McDonald situation. Oh, no. <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, you, you, you picked the poison ivy tint. We all had the same red. I don't know why. Uh... And then the blush, similar similar situation. Because when you put a pasty white kid on a stage with a lot of spotlights, you need a lot of blush to make them look not dead. <laughs> I remember my mom had uh, these, all oh, oh, just like fuck ton of Mary Kay products. Like she, was there like a case mm-hmm. or something that it came in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a bunch. One day she like lost her mind. She just, something happened with the makeup. I don't know what it was. But she just went, she like did this guttural primal scream. And it was like, she was like, ah! like that. And just <laughs> threw the whole fucking case in a small garbage bin. <laughs> like, like it wasn't like the tr- the kitchen trash. It was like a small receptacle. So the thing just kind of like sit, sat at an angle there. It was like a cartoon. It was hilarious. That's pretty good. All right. All right. We have here our next, our next company. This is another uh, cosmetics, and it's also skincare and fragrance company. Founded in 1886 in London. Bertrand and Ernest. No. It started as a door-to-door book situation, book-selling situation, but the founder, David H. McConnell, realized that he could sell perfume faster than books. Perfume Britannica. Dave Dave got it with Avon. It's it's Perfume Britannica. The next. Avon calling? I was going to say the next one was going to (laughs) be Blank Calling. (laughs) That movie has very similar themes to Erie, Indiana. It's true. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Cracking down on suburbia. Yeah. Screw you, suburbia. It's an idiocracy out there, you know? All right. Founded in October of 2014, mm-hmm. this privately held company, headquartered in Doral, Florida, <laughs> sells Trump. hair care, skin care, and hygiene products for pets. They've been the subject of numerous lawsuits and hundreds of complaints to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and the Better Business Bureau. Uh, it makes your hair fall out, uh, according to many, many people. Hims? It's a brand name. No, that's, that's not him. I don't I have no idea. Chewy? I'll give you one more quote. Viagra. They were also... <laughs> they were described by Business Insider as being predatory and noted that they were using memes and coronavirus anxiety to target millions of newly unemployed Americans. Whoa. Uh, that sounds awful. It's been I, in the I news a lot. I still have no idea. All right. So this is uh, Monat. Oh, I've never heard Monat. of that. Yeah. They, were, they were all over the news like a year ago. All right. Sounds like their customers who didn't like their product were moan adding them. <laughs> this subsidiary... Mm-hmm. in the food and kitchen product industry was founded in 1980 in River Forest, Illinois. Tupperware. No. They are multinational. 
and they have kitchen tools, food products, and cookbooks, and they also offer some products to transport their products. Tastefully simple. No. Ronco. That's not an MLM. Williams-Sonoma. Also not an MLM. <laughs> In a garden. In 2002, they were acquired by Warren Buffett. The man or his company? His company. He just grabbed them. <laughs> the Get over here. <laughs> I like these carriers. Come One here, money. I say that the chefs who use this product are awfully pampered. Pamper chef. Pamper chef. Yeah. Sur, right. sur la table. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This MLM founded in 1993 specializes in sex toys and adult products. Uh, head cannons. No, that's no. Kendall Inc. <laughs> the velvet stink bags. <laughs> oh. My uh, my pop punk band as well. This company in particular has been criticized for targeting military spouses, um, especially because they are a woman only at home party focused oh, oh, business. Oh, um. Salute Old Glory Inc. And the logo is like an American flag colored penis. <laughs> <laughs> and in their in their in their slo- in their slogan is um God bless America. One might say that they are selling a purely romantic experience to their customers. Purely romance. Pure romance. You Ben gets half a point. It's pure romance. Well, Dave said pure romance. You get a half a point. Dave gets a whole point. Oh, well, you didn't clarify that second part at all. (laughs) I thought it was evident. Sorry, Dave. Salute your jorts. (laughs) Dill standing. (laughs) Gross. In 2003, Mm -hmm. Kara Egan and Colette Gunnell out of Meridian, Idaho. Say it again. Founded, those are their names, Kara Egan and Colette Gunnell. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, okay. And they were in Meridian, Idaho. They founded a company that sells scented products, including but not limited, to wax warmers. Can- candle for what? you. Fuck is a wax warmer. <laughs> it's those like weird things that you plug into the wall and you put it like a scented thing of wax into it and it melts it and like the smell goes so in your it's house like but candle. it's not it's like oh, a plug-in candle like, yeah. a, like a like a plug-in okay 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 yeah like glades plugins is it glade no according to oh. their 2015 income disclosure statement about 66,000 or 65 percent of their consultants Received an average of $463 per year before oh, uh, expenses. Is it stinky input? <laughs> You're on the right trail. Ooh. Uh, stinky pinky. <laughs> <laughs> Two in the bank, one in the stink. They're not quite smelly success. They're stinky success. What? Their candles are <laughs> stinky scented. Rich. Scented success. Sensi, that's right. No one gets the point. Ah. It's called Sensi? Sensi. Are you sure it's not two in the bank, one in the stink? I am sure. Wax warmers are the baloney of the candle world. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. 
This Alexandria, Minnesota headquartered multi-level company specializing in uh, meal kits and other prepared food Blue products. Apron. Loves garlic, garlic. Tastefully simple. That gives the point. <laughs> Meals on Wheels. Imagine if Meals on Wheels became a thing you had to like market. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do... Complete opposite of how it began. <laughs> I'm trying to find any others that you guys might know. All right. Here's our last one. Founded in 1959 by Richard DeVos and J. Van Endel, this company is uh, pretty aligned with the GOP in terms of their donations and also right-wing conservative religion. Chick-fil-A. Uh, Betsy DeVos is the is related, I'm assuming? Uh, I'm actually... I didn't find that directly, but it looks like it's spelled right. I'm bad at spelling. Republic products. They sell... Health, beauty, and home care products. Okay. Avon. Republicare. Republa is not anywhere in the name. Okay. It's a very famous thing, though, and you both should know it. Oh, it's it's um it's it's Gwyneth Paltrow's goop, but <laughs> it's a, it's a little O, so it looks it's G O P is huge, and okay. then the little O is it's goop. Okay, I like that. Yeah. I support it. Yeah. Is it right? No. Fuck. Republic cakes. <laughs> so in 2006, uh-huh. they secured naming rights for Orlando Magic's arena because the DeVos family owns the Orlando Magic. Amway. That's correct. Oh, Tucker Carson's. Amway. Disney Amway. World. I think that we're somewhere around a tie with Ben or in like a slight deficit. Uh, like the GOP, am I right? Boom. Boom. Got him. So I thank you both for playing this week's episode, this very first edition. There will probably be others because this was fun for me to do the research. Absolutely. I like $10,000 pyramid scheme. Yay! I thought it was 60000 oh, so Hold on. I'm, I'm asking a, a legitimate question. There's okay. no need to, to stare daggers at me. Fucking take it easy. Did it start at ten thousand or did it start at a hundred thousand? It started at ten, uh-huh. and then they they decided to make it bigger, and they went sixty, okay. and then they went really big and said hundred thousand. That's like the opposite of who wants to be a millionaire, right? Because that show's still syndicated, but they're not playing for a million dollars anymore, are they? What are they playing for? I don't know. They can't be playing for a million. A million cats. Who wants to be a million cat owner? God, what a fucking nightmare that would be. <laughs> Jesus Christ, sounds awful. Yeah. You know it doesn't sound awful? What? The sound of the mailbag. Oh, open it up. I love that sound. Woo! That's a, a futuristic mailbag. Is that what that was? Yeah. Zip. Yeah. Zip. Oh, here comes oh, the there it is. <laughs> Hi. Turkey time is here. Tell Double me gobble. your top Thanksgiving side. Build me monument of turkey. Thanks, Horace Mann. So the topic is favorite Thanksgiving sides. Hmm. I want Shailen to go first. I think it's going to be insane. <laughs> Somehow it's going to be like a car. Yeah, <laughs> I I love a good piece of. No, listen to me. Listen to me. Dry bread. <laughs> no. All right. Thanksgiving. 
is my favorite time of year because it's pie season. Mm -hmm. I love pie for dessert for Thanksgiving. Does pie count as a side because pie, 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 pie. Are you eating it with your Thanksgiving dinner? Given the opportunity, I would, but I try to set a good example for my son. So dressing. I don't think it's a side. Dressing. Define dressing. Dressing is like stuffing, but you cook it outside the bird. It's dressing for the bird. So no gizzards. Right. Okay. Now, how do you like your, you like a stovetop? You like a. Oh, God, no. Look look at me trying to draw answers out of you. You make that shit from scratch. I like, I prefer dressing made from common crackers, but those are hard to get from the Vermont Cracker Mm -hmm. Company these years. Mm -hmm. Fuck's a common cracker. It's the perfect base for a stuffing. I'm glad you Uh, asked. Give me the elite cracker. I don't need that common shit. Yeah. I like bread stuffing. I like cornbread stuffing. Mm like bread a lot and also mashed potatoes because fuck you you throw some celery in that stuffing hell yeah 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 celery onions carrots what goes after celery onions onions butter pimento olives fuck ton of butter no (laughs) olives olives go in the pickle plate and you throw them away before the end of the day I'm gonna I'm gonna you know, switch up Horace's question here. What, what's your worst side, Shailen? My worst. Yeah. Ugh. What's the worst side? It has to be like an actual thing. It can't be like fingernails, newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have this family lore. It's a tradition uh, on my mom's side of the family. Anytime we get together together for Thanksgiving dinner with my mom's family, we someone makes creamed onions. Ugh. Which oh. in and of themselves, like they're fine, whatever. No, they but aren't. they're awful. My mom makes the same thing without fail every Thanksgiving. We we forget them in the microwave, and so the creamed <laughs> onions are always like three times cooked, seventeen times reheated by the time you get to them, and they're just not good by then. I've never. I don't know that I've ever had one that's properly prepared because we always have to reheat them forty-seven times to get. They're them. not good. At all, because they look like eyeballs floating in this, like, I don't know, like, the way my mom made it, it looked like these eyeballs floating in corn chowder. It was so gross. And it would mm-hmm. just sit there in the middle of the table, like, right next to the turkey. It was like, does anybody want some creamed onions? No, that sounds awful and disgusting. You've ruined Thanksgiving. Now get fucked. Yeah. Ben and Dave, what are your favorite sides and also least favorite sides? So least favorite, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the food that I enjoy many times during the year, but has no place on the Thanksgiving table. And that is the carrot. Mm. Because the only time I want to chew during Thanksgiving is through turkey, right? Like everything else is a beige mush. <laughs> and you can mix Every, it Everything together. else has to be consumed by a straw or could be yeah. consumed by a straw. Or like you could put a funnel in my mouth and pour it in there and it would be fine. But like a carrot, you got to work at it. You know, I like carrots, but, you know. That's fair. You know. Uh, and favorite, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Whew. Jiminy Cricket. You're sweating here, man. It's okay. It's just a side. It's so hot. I will go with the uh, the, the humble sweet potato casserole. Hmm. A couple of marshmallows on top of that? Yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't hurt nothing. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Smooth period. I'm, I'm, I like stuffing, too, but I, I think stuffing is... The easy answer. Listeners. Stuffing is the easy sweet potato casserole. 
Listeners, Ben and I have been together for uh, almost 20 years, and this is the first I've heard of his that's, love of this casserole. That's and not even true. I've never made a sweet potato casserole. I've made a sweet potato casserole, and I liked it. Just saying. But you ben made it with Rice Krispie Treats. Oh, my f- favorite's everything that we have. That was not what I was getting at. <laughs> so my answer is the same for both questions. It's okay. cranberry sauce. Mm. So my favorite is cranberry sauce in a can. Jelly. That cranberry sauce. Okay. Jelly, whatever. Is wonderful. It tastes exactly as it should. Like <laughs> like something you found in a can. It, it has it has an amazing texture. It goes really well on a turkey sandwich after at like post Thanksgiving, but mm-hmm. it just it you can slice it and it just goes right on the plate. You can mix it up if you want to. You can eat it solo if you want to. It's fantastic. It is amazing it's a good side you can eat it with i would say you can eat it with any other side and the turkey except maybe mashed potatoes like you can mix it with a lot of things it's still fine you can mix with mashed potatoes that's not a problem yeah yeah but for me i wouldn't do it but you can mix it with all the sides it is the perfect side the thing that sucks is the homemade cranberry sauce Mm. i my uh my wife and her family they make the cranberry sauce themselves it takes a long time. It's got the orange in it. It's the orange zest. It's got the, the actual cranberries, whatever the fuck else is in it. it Sugar. tastes terrible. I hate it. And people <laughs> are like, oh my God, this cranberry sauce is so delicious. Oh, I can't take the canned shit. And then I have to sit there just pretending that I don't like the canned shit. And it's, it's awful and it makes me feel bad about myself and my upbringing. And I don't like how I feel. Or how that makes me feel. Do you want to hear a fun story? Go for it. It's about a cat. I, when I make Thanksgiving dinner, I make cranberry sauce and serve the jelly kind. And I fucking eat both because I just like it. And they're two different (laughs) things. And they they are both delicious and wonderful in their own ways. And there should be no shame in your cranberry sauce preference. Thank you. I Thank would you. say that homemade cranberry sauce is the salami to the bologna of the canned cranberry sauce. Even the textures are similar. I would, and say, I think you're getting a bad batch of homemade cranberry because that, that stuff's good. But it's, it, I think it's the, I think it's ha- how it's built up. Like it's always like, oh my god, this is so much better than the can. Worship at the that, altar of cranberry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there is no substitute. <laughs> but I want to take the whole cylinder out of the can mm-hmm. slice it hell yeah it's weird looking i love it don't besmirch my my cranberry sauce uh choices just pour it in I my also, mouth i also i also want to point out me. you truly hit the nail on the head when you said it's the perfect thing for the leftover sandwich yeah i love homemade cranberry sauce mm-hmm. but that shit is not a sandwich condiment you cannot put that on a turkey sandwich it doesn't stay it falls oh, out of the bottom. Those cranberries no roll good. all over the place. It's true. Mm-hmm. And that's how it goes. Thanks, Horace Man. Thanks, Horace Man. So email at watchbotspod.com is the email address. Oh, also, turkey pro or no? Who would say no to turkey? A lot of people find turkey dry and boring. Then they're cooking it wrong. Oh, they Jesus, it wrong. fucking take it easy. I wasn't like insulting you. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> last, last year, because we had a stick in our, we had a stay in our house because of the pandemic. Uh, we you gonna say we had to stick up our ass. What? Yeah, we, we really sticks up our ass. With the Somebody vaccine. offered me homemade cranberry sauce. Yeah. 
big sticks up her ass about uh, masking and vaccines. But that's for that's for uh, the conspiracy theory boards. We finally, on our own, cooked our own turkey. Uh, we didn't have like one of our moms do it, uh, which is how it always goes every year. It was the best turkey we've ever had. It's like, I don't know what recipe. It probably came with the same Tupperware that all our moms had uh-huh. back in the 90s. But like they all cooked the turkey the same way. We Googled and we found a different way to cook the turkey. It was fucking awesome. Never going back. We in in this house enjoy Thanksgiving so much that I mean you'll know Shailen's parents are divorced. Mine are as well. So just a couple a uh, couple of broken homers here. So we got to go to a lot of different houses around Thanksgiving every year. No matter where we go, the day after Thanksgiving, we're making our own turkey and stuff Hell because because yeah. uh, we know. Yeah. And my my father is a lover of things like kitchen gadgets, and he bought us an indoor turkey fryer. It's the bomb. So picture, if you will. Something that looks like a bread maker, but is approximately six times the size of a bread maker. (laughs) You fill this motherfucker up with like, honest to God, two gallons of oil. Three. And And a 50 pound turkey. You got to put on thick rubber gloves and you don't, it just, I mean, just like the the fires, you don't use a frozen turkey. You got to use fresh and you dip it in and it's like an airplane engine and like it's bubbling and you're like, oh my God, if I went any closer to that, like my hand would melt. And Do you have to use the, the the gloves that like go all the way up to your shoulders, like in They don't go bad. quite that far, but yeah, they're that kind of glove. Like they're they thick and texture, uh, and they're made specifically for this product. So you put it in, and like a half hour later, unless you don't put enough oil in, that thing comes out juicy and crispy and delicious. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's the product, the Butterball Turkey Fryer, baby. That's the way to do oh, it. Man. Anyway, yeah, we put a uh, we put rosemary on our turkey last year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was like. Wow, I didn't know we could put seasoning on turkey. That's amazing. Why, what recipe did all of our mothers in the 90s look at? Like, don't put any seasoning on it, just just butter. Here's no, another tip. That's not how my mom Ridiculous. cooks turkey. Here's another tip. You get your, your, your turkey and your stuff in it, right? You're jamming the fucking bread in there and the sage yeah, and all that putting shit. Put your head cannon up in and there. And you know what else you put in there? Bologna. <laughs> Think about that bologna cornucopia, bologna stuffing. You jerks. bologna is the uh, the cornucopia of deli meats. <laughs> stuffing is the bologna of the salami. <laughs> stuffing is the bologna of the salami. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm thankful for? Turkey. This mailbag <laughs> uh, and, and bologna. I'm thankful for the segment ending. Yeah. So that's another episode here, and. Will we continue into the holidays with more spooky shows? I don't know. Who's to say? I don't get to pick for three more episodes, so. Wow. You're next, Ben. Are you going to continue Boovember? <laughs> I don't even know when the next episode is. It may not even air until December. Hmm. Or maybe it will air in November. I don't know. Or I think you mean dismember. <laughs> yes, I do mean dismember. Or it's actually December. It's our um, Don Rickles themed month. Oh, I'm glad that we finally put that into the calendar. Yeah. Or December, our frisbee themed month. But anyway, that's that's where we review uh, Dick's Last Resort uh, waitress comebacks. <laughs> <laughs> we're happy to announce for the holidays this year. We're doing December, except it's just <laughs> us watching Dick Tracy. <laughs> 
It's going to be 16 episodes. No, it isn't. We did the Star Wars holiday special in four. We can do uh, Dick Tracy in no less than eight. Now, anyway, any final thoughts? Thanks for coming on this journey with me. Absolutely. I'm glad to have dissected the forever wear conundrum with friends. It's haunted me for 30 years. Mm -hmm. I'm still honored to be called a friend, especially after that shell skin bit. (laughs) Thank you for being a friend. You're welcome. I was talking about your your eczema, Shailen, your your shale-like skin. That's what I was saying. Listen. Yeah. I finally got some lotion that works on my eczema, so. <laughs> oh, what are we that doing? Crack guy. <laughs> That's what's happening. I didn't bring it up. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WatchBotsPod, and please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and all those good spots. For Dave and for Shailen, this is Ben. Thank you for joining us for another episode of WatchBots. And to get out of here, to bring us home, I want to do something a little bit different this week. Okay. It's a little bit different, but in a lot of ways, it's the same old shit. Motherfuck. Now, Dave and I recently attended an All Elite Wrestling show. Uh... And one of the great bits about All Elite Wrestling is there's a legendary wrestler. His name is Chris Jericho. Okay. You may also know him under the moniker Mongoose McQueen as the lead singer of metal band Fozzie. So when Chris Jericho comes out, the crowd goes apeshit. And you know he's a Trump supporter, so it's not because he's a good guy, and he's like 50 and dresses like a 12-year-old. Bloated. But you know what they love? You know what they love? And I fell under this spell. They love singing along to the hit Fozzie song, Judas. Is it a hit? It's a hit. It's absolutely And and the crowd goes apeshit, and they sing along with it, and Dave and I got to really get our jollies doing that. And Shailen, you missed out on that. I did. Mm -hmm. And so what I have in front of me here is a karaoke version of Fozzie's Judas. And I'm going to play it. And you can you can join the crew. What do you say? I'm excited to hear you and Dave I sing I love along. it. Here we go, Shailen. One of us. One of us. Here we go. I thought you guys were going to sing too. No, you, you're doing it. I don't want to. This is intro, Doug. Sean. It's a banger, folks. Beautiful on, on the, the inside. inside. You are innocence personified. And I will drag you down and sell you, you out. out. Run, Run away. Run Come on, put your ass into it. Cold like December <laughs> snow. snow. I have carved out this soul made of stone. I'll drag you down and sound you out. Embraced by the darkness, I'm losing it. Encircled by demons, I fight. What have I become? Now I'm betrayed. Everyone I've ever loved. Push them all away, and I've been a slave to the genesis in, in my mind. mind. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. To save in the wreckage of my, my life, life, my, my life. life. I'm become, I'm become, I'm become, man. I'm I become, I become, I become, man. Judas, Judas in, in my mind. I become, I become, I become, man. Judas in, Judas in my mind.